0: what's up everybody i'm david Hain and i'd like to welcome you to episode 45 of the a to d from addict to disciple podcast i'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners from ashburn arlington and falls church virginia thanks for listening guys if you'd like one-on-one counseling or if you want to start or join an online group using from a to d curriculum and podcasts, go to my website www.fromatod.org and click on the contact page or leave me a message on Anchor. We'll get into this episode entitled, Self-Harm, A Look at Cutting, when we come back. Welcome back to this episode entitled, Self-Harm, A Look at Cutting. I must give a big shout out to a listener from Africa for messaging me to ask for an episode on this topic. Let's start today's episode with the first verse of the song Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. And I also must say I love the cover by Johnny Cash. Here's that verse. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. Today we're going to be discussing a hard topic, self-harm addiction, specifically cutting. We'll be looking at signs, symptoms, and reasons for cutting and self-harm. My goal is for the listeners to grow in their understanding of this addiction And for anyone who is addicted to self-harm behaviors to know that you're not alone and that we understand your feelings and pain and we're here for you. Any of you who would like more information on the subject, you can Google self-harm. I highly recommend two websites. One is HealthyPlace.com and the second is Mayo Clinic. Org. Okay, let's get into it. Let's take a look at the typical cycle of this addiction of cutting. The first would be achievement. In this stage, there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with being in control of this area of your life. The second stage in this cycle of addiction is compulsive. Compulsive. This is where the cutting becomes more frequent and does not need to be motivated by other emotions as much as the urge is to cut again just to feel normal. The third stage would be assertive. Now the addict is beginning to admit to themselves the need to cut, possibly even the addiction to cutting but viewing it as they're right and that it is all right. And the fourth phase in this cycle of cutting addiction is identity. And this is where you now identify yourself as a cutter and see that as a self-reward, not a stigma. Okay. Okay. But how do we get to truly understand the feelings of the people who cut themselves? How can we find a common ground to be able to identify with their pain while we're still confused by their behavior? Well, the good thing is those questions are true for building a relationship with or coaching someone with any addiction. For the remainder of this episode, I'll be giving you many quotes to help you understand the thoughts and feelings specifically of someone addicted to cutting. Let's set the stage by going back to that first verse of the song Hurt again. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. Can you begin to see the characteristics of emotions inside someone who cuts themselves, to see if they still feel, to be able to focus on the pain, because that's the only thing that's real? There are many characteristics or personality traits that treatment professionals have seen in working with people who cut themselves. A couple examples of these traits are, first, that they tend to suppress their anger. Listen to this quote by Sigmund Freud. Unexpressed emotions will never die. They are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. Can you see how the emotions of anger that have been buried alive have been suppressed and unexpressed, have come forth in an addiction to cutting. Next, people who cut often have high levels of aggressive feelings, which they disapprove of strongly and often suppress or direct inward. Chaitan Patel said, and I quote, suppression of feelings like anxiety, Disappointment, anger, and grief lead people to binge. Can you see how the suppression of these feelings, these aggressive feelings, can create the chaotic binge type of behaviors in self harm? You see, when we actually listen to what someone who cuts themselves is saying, We begin to hear their hurt inside. We begin to hear things like, no one cared enough to hear what I have to say. Listen to this quote by Richie Edwards, who wrote Richie Edwards, a version of reason in search of Richie Edwards. And I quote, it's all about self-discipline. Like self-obsession is connected completely with self-loathing. And it's the same with if, if you've got a weight problem. It's all about finding some worth in yourself, knowing that you've got the discipline to do it, and knowing that other people maybe can't do it. And it's also, I think, really connected to the fact that you almost feel like silent, like you have no voice. You're mute, there's just no, you've got no option. Even if you could express yourself, nobody would listen anyway. Things that go on inside you, there's no other way to get rid of them. Can you hear Richie crying out to be heard, a way to just express and get rid of these emotions? Another thing you'll hear as you talk to people who cut themselves is a description of living being punished for perceived faults. S. Marie quoted, I was told I talked too much, made too much noise. I took up a silent hobby, bleeding. Can you feel Marie's pain? as she found her new silent hobby, an addiction to cutting. Other people who cut themselves will talk of abandonment, rejection, being sent away. They'll use words like, my parents' work was more important to them than me. They'll talk about workaholic parents, driven for more money, who only show love by buying them stuff, not doing stuff with them or listening to them and wondering how do I get their attention? Listen to this quote by Augustin Burroughs from running with scissors. And I quote, I know exactly how that is to love somebody who doesn't deserve it because they are all you have because any attention is better than no attention for exactly the same reason. It is sometimes satisfying to cut yourself and bleed. On those gray days where eight in the morning looks no different from noon and nothing has happened and nothing is going to happen and you are washing a glass in the sink and it breaks accidentally and punctures your skin. And then there is this shocking red, the brightest thing in the day. So vibrant it buzzes this blood of yours That is okay sometimes, because at least you know you're alive. Have you felt that same pain of Augustine, yearning for attention, yearning to feel alive and just get any attention at all? Well, another way of helping to understand the feelings of people who cut themselves is to know that they're expressing internal feelings in an external way. Merrilee Strong wrote in A Bright Red Scream, Self-Mutilation and the Language of Pain. You don't feel like you're hurting yourself when you're cutting. You feel like this is the only way to take control and care of yourself. Can you hear Mary Lee's attempts at self-medication by self-cutting? Other cutters will talk about managing or reducing stress and severe distress or anxiety and finding a sense of relief in cutting. Corey Anderson said, self-injury is a sign of distress, not madness we should be congratulated on having found a way of surviving. Can you identify with Corey's coping mechanism, which has become his surviving skill? Other cutters communicate depression or distressful feelings to the outside world through cutting. C. Blunt said, and I quote, how will you know I am hurting if you cannot see my pain? to wear it on my body tells what words cannot explain. Do you see Blunt reaching out for help, that his scars are a way of saying, help me? Other cutters find cutting to be a way of distraction from painful emotions through physical pain. Albert Boris, who wrote Crash Into Me said, I can feel the hurt. There's something good about it. Mostly, it makes me stop remembering. Do you hear Albert's use of pain to numb the memories he cannot face? Another example of what people who cut themselves would say is that they feel a sense of control over their body, over their feelings, over their life situations. Allie wrote... Quote, I wear my self-harm scars proudly. They represent the battles through which I have gone, and I am proud because those battles I have won. How would you respond to Allie's assertion that her scars represent battles she has won? And lastly, let's look back at a quote from Richie Edwards as he's saying, I just need to feel something, even if it's physical pain. And I quote, self mutilation is a very different issue to suicide. It's a controlled pain personal to you, allowing you to live or exist to some degree. Can you hear Richie's desire to live in the midst of his ritual of cutting so he can be in control of something In his life. I know that was a lot to process. Thanks for sticking with me. You may want to spend time to process each quote individually to fully begin to get your head around this addiction. I'd like to close by speaking about four areas that are important for someone beginning recovery from addiction to self-harm and cutting. So if that's you, here's a plan of action for you. And if you're a friend of someone who has been cutting themselves, here are four topics for your discussion with them moving forward. First, self-worth. Discuss your value as a person, how you see yourself and how others see you. As you begin your steps to recovery, continue to discuss how you see yourself with your coach. See yourself with words like, I am lovable. I have purpose and a meaning in this life and in this world. I am worthy of good things happening to me and through me. This is way bigger than just self-esteem. This is self-worth. The second idea is self-identity. How do you define yourself? What qualities, abilities, and characteristics do you identify with? These are important as you establish and maintain healthy relationships and activities. Third, Talk about the ability to tolerate circumstances and situations. How you release anger, relieve stress and boredom. Begin to have a plan for distractions and doing things that refresh you. And fourth, the necessity of maintaining a sense of connection. Find someone you can talk to that you feel free to express your feelings and actions to. Without being judged, and without losing their friendship. As you begin to redefine your self-worth and your self-identity, remember the words of singer Demi Lovato describing her battle of addiction. She said, and I quote, one of the hardest things was learning I was worth recovery. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share the link with your friends. If you'd like to support our work with people caught in the snare of addiction, homelessness, or incarceration, please click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount could change a life. Tune in Monday for our next episode, And as always, stay safe and stay strong.